Welcome to the Business Reboot Podcast. We're here to pull back the curtain of entrepreneurship and help you fall in love with the business of your business. We know every step forward is a chance to be more aligned in purpose, grow businesses that create impact, and live the lives we work so hard for. Sometimes all you need is a reboot to get started. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Business Reboot Podcast. Today's episode is going to be all about personal branding. Your brand is what people say about you when you are not in the room. But before we hop into this week's chat, we would love to remind you and announce that the doors are open for our 2023 Business Reboot Retreat. It's all happening September 17th through 21st in Lake Norman, North Carolina, and we want you there. The Business Reboot Retreat is for anyone looking to clarify your brand voice, collectively build out a circle of success, market your business in ways that feel good and look good, set goals, get accountable with one-on-one coaching, and do the work that it takes to grow, scale, or pivot your business. The best part of this retreat is that we're actually building in time for you to work on your business instead of just working in your business. You can head to thebusinessreboot.com for more information or drop us a DM on Instagram at businessreboot. Today's episode is going to be so good. Corey, let's start this. I am so excited. First of all, you know, I love so, I love branding and all the components of branding. And it's it's actually fascinating to me. Um, recently, I was doing some research for a speaking engagement for a uh, local women in business group that I'm going to be presenting um, for them. And it's going to be all about branding. And so we are actually, Melissa and I are focusing on branding more um, at this year's retreat. And so we've also together been doing some really big deep dives into all kinds of stats and analyzing all the components that go along into branding, looking at big brands, looking at small brands, and how does that translate for those of us who maybe are growing a business, pivoting a business, or you know, looking at getting into business. So here's some of the hard and fast stats that we found um, that should be interesting to like all of us. of consumers need to trust a brand to consider buying. That's a pretty big number. And trust trust is something that we found time and time again was a common thread through a lot of the branding stats. Second one, 77% of consumers prefer shopping with brands they follow on social media. Again, Where do they learn to trust you? By seeing you all the time, showing up consistently on consistently. social media. Amen. Um, 65% of consumers say a brand CEO and employees influence their decision to buy. So that goes into the no like, and trust or just aligning, especially with the younger generations. Melissa and I have done a lot of research in generational buying um, decisions and, and what impacts different generations and their, their buying power. But looking at the employees and the CEO, Listen, if the people you hire are ratchet, it's going to deflect <laughs> the sales that you it can is, get. <laughs> it is not good. It is bad. I mean, that just translates right there. So so back to a few more of the stats. And we're going to link all of these stats um, where we actually source them. We'll link those in the show notes. But consumers are more than twice as likely to buy first, stay loyal, and advocates for brands they trust. Melissa and I have watched that happen in our own businesses as well as the Business Reboot. So we can tell you that is 100% correct. Right. Client journey is so important. And we talk about this a lot, even in our mastermind, where like one of the goals when you are creating a business for sustainability is to create elongated client journeys. So I think it's also, and you could go back to former episodes that we've recorded where we mentioned statistics about, um, you know, how it is 60% more cost effective to retain a client than to acquisition a new one, or how it is you're 70% more likely to, you know, or earn more money from people who've already been with you because they've already bought into what you're selling and they already trust you. All goes back to that trust. 
Right. And speaking of trust, one of the last stats that we found was that a trusting customer is a loyal customer. When brands strive for trustworthiness, they can benefit from recurring revenue, which is exactly backing up what Melissa just said and what we have found to be the case in our own businesses. Also, that brands benefit the most when they earn trust in three areas, product experience, customer experience, and the impact the business makes on society. I'm going to say that one more time because that is a very important point to drive home. Brands benefit the most when they earn trust in three areas, product experience, the customer experience, and the impact the brand makes on society. Right. And and that can be a positive impact or a negative impact. So <laughs> I think we've all seen brands that have fallen apart. We could list, I could list one luxury brand right now that had some very questionable images that were released a uh, couple of months ago that yeah. all these celebrities were coming out and saying, I, I won't work with them anymore because the, the things that ended up getting posted and shared, like it, it showed that it, it, it showed horrible. what they cared about. It was awful, but it showed what, what they, they were didn't care about. What they didn't care about, right? Um, which was kids. If y'all don't know what yeah. brand we're talking about, you can send us a DM and I will gladly tell you. Um, <laughs> but I'm not trying to get sued for my yeah. little baby podcast. <laughs> so, so we want to talk about how, because we're talking about branding, and I know, especially as solopreneurs or entrepreneurs with small businesses that are, what what is the statistic for sub uh, for small business like sub. 10 million or something like that. Well, what about the sub six figure, the sub seven figure, the sub, like, what about the regular person that has a business where we're growing it and things are thriving and we're doing what, like we are in our own category. Right. And so um, when we think about brands and we think about big brands, it is really easy to detach yourself from a company that like, like a Wendy's or a McDonald's or a Starbucks or whatever, these large national brands where we go, that's branding. Like that's seeing their logo everywhere. That's seeing their faces everywhere. That's knowing that there is recognition for their brand. You know, nobody, if I always laugh and say, when people get all sassy about themselves and feel like, um, maybe uh, like you watch pride or arrogance come in. I'm like, just go yourself to a local Walmart and I want you to get on a loudspeaker and say, can Shelly please come to the front? Ain't nobody <laughs> know Shelly. Don't nobody know you. And so if I can't go to Walmart and call your name over the loudspeaker and people act like they know who you are, you're not that famous, uh, which is, I mean, it's just a joke that we say, but but truly, we have this tendency to want to detach what is expected of big brands and that loyalty and that trust from our our own brands because they feel smaller. But what we're talking about today is the personal brand. And we are watching this flood over every industry. We're meeting with, with professionals in so many different industries right now where we're having conversations with them about the ways that we can serve their company and their teams um, and them as individuals. And it is so funny how the information transcends every industry because we all need to, if you're building a business, you need to focus on your personal brand. And so let's look at some, some national brands just to get some scope, okay, some scope that we're really familiar with and see how these like different brands compare and the things that it makes you think about on the inside, the feelings that you get thinking of your own customer experience and product experience, the impact that they have on maybe even your local communities. Let's, let's just look at a couple. Well, and, and I'll say before, right before we start comparing Melissa, is that what you just said about a lot of times we are detached looking at big businesses, national brands, global brands, and saying, well, my business doesn't compare. What they're doing doesn't really apply to what I do. And what you just said is absolutely correct. You're wrong in thinking that because we can learn so much. Yes, it may be different. Yes, there may be a corporate aspect to it. Yes, there may be all these things. But some of the things that, that they're doing 
it's for a purpose. And, and we fall into it. We buy into all of the things that those brands offer. And we can learn to take some of those skills, ideas, things out of their branding and their experiences that they create for all of us. And we can apply that to our own small businesses in big ways. So first one, let's look at like Walmart versus Target. <laughs> Melissa and I, <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of things that we can say about that, but and I shop at both. Melissa, you shops. Right. I shop, I shop at both. Well, yeah. well, okay. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. yes. Thank, thank you for that clarification. But when you look at, let's just say Target, for instance, there is a client experience built in from the time you walk in the door. My heart actually like gets a little extra beat whenever I actually see the logo and pull into the thing. Because number one, for me, it's a 30 minute drive from where I live. So like I have to go into town to be there. Secondly, their experience is to keep you in the store. Melissa and I were just talking about this. And from the fact of like the way the buggies are designed, buggies, listen, you can tell them from the Buggies, versus them themselves. The shopping carts, the buggies, whatever you want to call them, they're designed, they have a cup holder in them. And as soon as you walk in, you know, you're going to smell Starbucks. That's you right. Know. We're talking, we're talking about Target, how they're right. creating an environment for you to stay in the store for a really yes. long time. Most of the time, there's some semblance of like soft music soft playing. Music, yes. They've got bright colors that'll attract you. They got that dollar bin section that's right at the front. They want to keep you there. They are providing a way for, did you know at Target? And if you go to Starbucks at Target, you can get refills on your drinks. Like they want you to stay in that store as long as humanly possible. And so mm-hmm. they are catering to you being in that space. And with Walmart, because it's, um, it, you know, I mean, it's like a massive super center, like the carts are going to be bigger. They're looking for consumption in a different way right. that Target is. Target wants you to linger. Walmart wants you to buy. And it's like, neither, it neither is <laughs> right. Neither is like good or bad. We're, we're just right. saying like, look at these two as a comparison, but as an individual, I can tell you what I know about my experiences in each store. And it like starts in the parking lot. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, this is really funny that um, our local Walmart started uh, maybe like, I don't know, a year ago, um, playing music in the parking lot. And I'll never forget getting out of my car, um, at like eight 15 in the morning and ACDC was so loud. Like I might as well no. have been at the club and I was in my Walmart and it was very funny. And I was like, I don't know what we're doing here, but this is a lot. Um, so it was funny, <laughs> but, but you know how you like emotionally you're evoked. I mean, some people have fantastic Walmart. Some people's targets are crappy. Like it's all, like we will take our recognition of this national brand and take our own experiences. And that is going to, um, to filter how we see the company. Now let's look at two others that are actually in the same industry as well. State Farm and Allstate. Okay. Both of them clarity in, in what they're trying to help you do. Everybody knows Jake from State Farm, like you go, it's red and khakis and, um, you know, it's, it's like a good neighbor. And their branding for Halloween costumes. Oh yeah. I mean, they've done so many things. They've now turned themselves into a household name. Well, on the same side, you've got Allstate where when I look at State Farm, I go, oh, that's, that's a neighbor. They're going to pick up the phone and call me and check them. They're like my neighbor. And with Allstate, they are doing everything they can to prevent mayhem from happening. And we've all seen the commercials, right? And, and just to try to, you know, to, you find yourself associating your own experience and relating to the marketing and the branding that they're putting on you to create your own perception of those brands. And that happens in our personal brands too. So, you know, it's, it's not just a look or a feel, but it's the characteristics of the, of the company itself and your own personal experience. And that's why we say no small business, no matter how large or small you are, is exempt from having to create a personal brand. 
Right. And and speaking of one of the brands that, that our family loves most is whenever we lived in Hawaii, we you got the back gate of the base where we lived and there was an L&L. L&L is just a brand that you find in Hawaii. Some, if you live in California or certain parts of the country, you may be familiar with L&L, but it was like a Hawaiian plate lunch. So you could get like, um, I don't know, chicken katsu and, um, you know, uh, rice and a mac, and mac salad. And but yes, very carb heavy, but it, it was like, like rice and mac, like macaroni and rice. Yes, girl, least. mac salad. It was so you could do a scoop of rice and a scoop of mac salad, and then you could have terry beef. They also had made spam musubi, which is like spam sushi. I know that sounds gross. It's really not. But anyway, that was just one of the things that we fell in love with when we were in Hawaii because it was like a local taste in Hawaii. So then when you leave place, from places like that, that that experience that you had going in there sticks with you forever. So a couple years ago, we were... I took the girls to the Lauren Daigle concert in Charlotte, North Carolina, and we were looking at places we wanted to eat. And one of the girls ran across the fact that there was an L&L in Charlotte and they were all like, stop, like halt the search. We are going to L&L. We went out way out of our way to make sure that we went to an L&L because as children, they had that brand experience that we, you know, ate there weekly. And they were like, I don't care. I don't need a five-star restaurant. Like I need to go to L and L and get a plate lunch. Like that's what needs to happen. And so it's the, the look, the feel, the characteristics, the experience, the emotions that that brand brought back into their lives from the childhood experiences that they had had of living in Hawaii. And so the taste is always the same. You're going to hear Hawaiian music playing. You're going to be able to get a Hawaiian sun drink. Like it was all the things. And so those, those, that was spot on branding and you can take it and put it anywhere and you're going to go back to the, the feeling and the taste of the islands. I love that. So we, we were talking about brands that we have personal deep connections with that you, you know, you doesn't matter where you are when you experience it, you're back at home. And um, we, so she was talking about L&L and I mentioned Starbucks because yes, I do know that a lot of people have opinions about how burnt Starbucks coffee is. But let me tell you <laughs> that consistently, that consistency though. Okay. So I remember it is, it is. I'm like, I don't even care. And I will loud and proud my Starbucks. But when I remember being 18, I was in the Philippines. I went on a mission trip with my, um, of our church and um, school. And I was in the middle of this like booming metropolis. We were at this mall that was like five stories and it was this huge city feel. And I was so overwhelmed being in the middle of this street with cars and it's like 11 PM and there's a million cars out and it was just so loud. And, um, and I was homesick and I had loved the time in the country. It was such an awesome experience, but I spotted a Starbucks and a friend of ours, a friend of mine, um, like we locked arms and we ran across the street to that Starbucks. And I remember grabbing like, I don't know, a Frappuccino of some sort. I was 18. You know, I didn't know anything about coffee at the time and I didn't <laughs> drink much. So I was like, Frappuccino, please. And I remember taking the first sip and it tasted just like the Starbucks that was right down the street from my house that I would go to with a friend after school. And it felt like home. It felt like comfort. Right. It did. And so it was the product. It was walking in and smelling the smell of coffee. It is for me, it's even at Christmas, it's like walking in and hearing soft jazz and hearing like Charlie Brown Christmas playing yes. over there. Yeah. They're like loudspeakers and it people with their, their laptops and their desks. And it reminds me of the very first week in 2007 that I worked full time for myself. And I went and I sat for like four hours in the Starbucks. It's like, I remembered all these things. And so I will always forever connect my experience to that brand and it it changes our perception of of exactly what the brand is right and so you have to understand that your brand is not just your logo 
It's not mm-hmm. the font you use. It's not the yeah. products that you sell. The colors. Um, right. It's it's all just a lot more than that. It's it's your customer experience. This is we also like read this um, when we were searching statistics for for brands. It, it, this post, and again, we'll share all of these at the end. This is from Stackland in 2021. But they say that your customer experience that you provide is a huge part of your brand. The philosophy that you embrace and the culture you adhere to. A brand is a feeling that a business evokes in customers. It's what makes your business unique. It's the age of authenticity and brands need to get real if they want to connect with their audience. 88% of consumers say that authenticity is a key factor when deciding what brands they like to support. And let me tell you, if you have a small business, and you are not positioning yourself to be a brand that has repeat conversations about the things that are important to you Mm -hmm. um, at the heart of your business, you are missing out on a chance to bond with people that could be lifelong customers. Right. And, and to create that, that once the things that you're forward facing and things that you're talking about, which is what Melissa just said. And then once people enter the quote unquote doors of your business, what is that experience that they find when they sign, sign in to, to come and work with you or they buy your product or they buy your service? Um, both of the examples that Melissa and I shared, those were you to feel those emotions and the, the fun stories or the memories that those two places, um, how that impacted us from when we were younger, our kids when they were younger. And you want those experiences to be at the forefront of your mind and how you create the customer experience, the client journey, how you um, onboard, how you offboard, um, how you follow up with people, um, you know, how you bless and release people, even if you're not maybe the one who's meant to work with them. I'm just kidding. Okay. So something we had not discussed doing beforehand, Corey's going to be like, Mayday, you didn't say we was doing this, but is, you know, I can look at Corey's business as an individual and say, Corey Frazier is dynamic and she's strategic. And when I think about her, I think, oh, she's funny and she's, you know, not afraid to get messy and she is not afraid to be silly to make her people feel really comfortable. Um, She is going to follow through with not just the word that she says, but the work that you do because she absolutely cares about your end result, but the process as well. Like I can look at her on the other side of the screen where we're chatting and, and know distinctively things about her company because of what I've seen and presented and experienced when working with her. And she could say back to me, I'm sure a whole bunch of things that you ain't got to do that right now. I mean, you can't go ahead. Oh, okay. okay. Well, me. Yeah, well, let me just have a turn at this. Okay. Oh, that's so sweet. Okay. First of all, I just love that. That was so kind of you. But, well, and with Melissa, it's like, um, she is that she is nice. She is pretty. She is all them things. <laughs> no, seriously. But like Melissa is that voice of confidence that will forever, you know, be in, in your in your mind and in your heart. She is the person who sees you for who you are and who you can be. She is the person that will speak um, prayers over you. That, okay, now I'm going to cry. Why are you going to make me cry? Well, I didn't try to make emotions. We'll speak prayers over, because we, we just spoke prayers over people this week. But she will speak prayers over you. She will um, be there in the hard times. She will be there to celebrate you in the good times. And she is going to literally be holding your hand and your heart through the entire journey. And even when you are not working with her anymore, she is going to always be there to cheer you on and to be that shoulder to lean on and to, to cry on. Cause we all know we, we cry together. 
She's so nice. That's really good. But and and then thinking about collectively what we do in the business reboot, we like I honestly, if we get really transparent, I feel like people will say of the business reboot that we are the people that stick around. We are the transparent leaders that they want to help support them as they grow their business. And listen, we just did this exercise. It took 20 seconds and we're positioning this as a challenge to you to be able to do this too. Like you look at your business and if you can get really transparent with yourself, what is it that people who see you daily, not just the clients that you work with, but the people who are on social media or the people that you're walking next to in the grocery store, the people that like, what do those people say about your brand and what your business does for them that makes them keep coming back? Because that is a, a an absolute foundation for your personal brand. So when we're looking at creating and you know, sharing our own brand voice, which is, this is like a huge thing that we're going to be talking about at our retreat. Um, and I know we keep plugging it, but we're going to keep plugging it until everybody's <laughs> there. Um, but but it, when we're looking at creating and sharing our own brand voice, we really want you to consider like what people will say about you when you're not in the room. Okay. Um, your brand voice has to have a couple of things. It's got to have clarity, purpose, and authenticity, because all of these things are going to build your no like, and trust factor. So so that there are two two camps of thought on this is that are you building a, a business brand to sell or are you the business asset? Are you the recognizable part of your brand? And when Melissa and I started years ago, you know, she was Melissa Peppin Photography. I am Corey Frazier Photography. So obviously I'm not selling the, the brand of Corey Frazier Photography, but we do have the business reboot that is is not Melissa Peppin and Corey Frazier. We are the, the people who have created it, the heart behind it. But there are people that we know and that we've actually coached with that they have built a brand that that is going to be the thing that they can sell one day or that they will walk away from and, and do something different. It doesn't mean that it still shouldn't be personal. Um, yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. It doesn't mean that you still can't connect parts of yourself to that because you're creating a deep company culture in yes. how you present your business. And the thing about, about even selling your brand one day, if you're selling your business is that those, um, the people who've bought in that are going to make your business sellable because right. they purchase enough for somebody else to want to buy it. Um, you still have to adhere to what people are expecting from you. And so you are positioning yourself right now in the perfect place right. to be able to say, this is what I want forever. This company to be set on y'all know, look, there's a, <laughs> there's a restaurant that's local. I will not mention the name, but it is the funniest thing. We might, it might as well be like the SpongeBob SquarePants seafood restaurant. Um, but it is, uh, they, they've only been open like three months and there's a sign out that says new management. And my son is, he'll be 14 next week. And he was like, they have, they just opened how they got new management already. <laughs> and I started laughing and I was like, see, but here's the deal is people will not you can hang a sign up all day long, but they're not going to disassociate the the what they know of the company just because there's somebody new to take over it. Like this is why it's really important when you're building something from the beginning or whether it's something that you've had for a long time, being crystal clear about your own brand voice because that's what people are going to end up buying. And also that's what makes companies sellable because people yes. are knowing and liking and trusting. Like and you loyal. Can, loyal, right, loyal, you can transfer loyal. ownership and go somewhere else, but you better still deliver the same thing that everybody else is expecting. Right. So a question we have for you guys, so we're actually going to do a challenge for you is how do you know if you're on the right track for creating your personal brand? And the best way to do that is to ask your people. So we want to challenge you, pull your community, 
or you can ask a few of your close friends. See how closely your work and business reflect your personal characteristics. If it is a personal brand, then it needs to reflect who you are as a person. Right. And that's your, the things that you like, the things that are, you know, funny to you, the things that make you feel something, the things that um, keep your customers wanting to come back time and time again, the, the experiences that you give them. You want that elongated client journey, like all of those things. Ask people, what is it about, what do you see when you see my brand? When you think about me as a brand, tell me what you see. Um, and you know what, uh, just to put us on the chopping block too, if you've worked with us individually or even just through experiencing us with the podcast, send us a DM or send us an email, you know, via our website, let us know what you think about our brand too, because one thing that's another like big thing that you have to do when you're building a personal brand is take that feedback because if something that you're doing is not aligning with what you're wanting to present, um, the best way to find out is to ask and to know, then get yourself right on the, uh, you know, back on the course that you originally intended. And so having the ability to self-reflect and to ask people around you to help you reflect um, will help you develop your personal brand even better. So like I mentioned, we we will be digging through so much more this this year and sharing it here on the podcast, sharing it at our retreat. Um, but all this to say, like your personal brand voice is wildly important for your small business. Well, and just to plug one of my most favorite movies, You've Got Mail. Um, oh my gosh, I love it so much. It, listen, it literally planted the seed. I was going to own a children's bookstore because you guys all know that I am a former um, elementary school teacher. And so I wanted, after that, I wanted to buy or to start a bookstore, open a bookstore. But of course, she was bought out by the, the big bad uh, fox. So uh, that, that was not, yeah, that was not a good um, omen for me to do that. But anyway, um, one of her, my favorite things is like in the movie, it was like, it's not personal, it's business. And Meg Ryan, I won't get the quote right, but it was, you know, she responded back of, of all the things, of anything, it should be personal. And I think that that's something that I really hope that we can impress upon you is that um, the, it's not personal, it's business is is not trash. True. It's, it's trash. Not true. Especially. Listen, and this is how I know that Corey and I are supposed to be like BFFs for life is because that is my favorite movie. And that quote is a pillar that my businesses have been built on. Look at God. Won't he do it? I mean, look at there, look at there. But truly, if, 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 if it's, if it's anything else, like the most important thing is that it should be personal. And so uh, we are just big proponents of that. We've built both of our own brands plus the business rebate brand around that and um, are cheering you on to do the same. Absolutely. Well, okay. That wraps it up. The end. Have a good one. <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week. Okay. Next week's episode is going to be amazing. We promise. Don't forget to connect with us on Instagram at Business Reboot or visit us on our website at thebusinessreboot.com. We'll be back next week with another amazing, incredible, wonderful episode of the Business Reboot Podcast. <laughs> Podcast.